1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. A new RBC report suggests that higher interest rates had an impact last month. According to Robert Hogue, Assistant Chief Economist at RBC, prices are sliding fast. The Canadian Real Estate Association reports home sales fell 5.3% month over month and 29% year over year. July's drop in month-over-month sales was the smallest of five straight months of declines, but market watchers say it's too soon to say whether that trend will continue. Korea says the 5.3% drop was the smallest of the five. The actual number of sales in July was 37,975. That's down 29% from a year ago. The average sales price fell 5% from last July to $629,971. Factoring out the greater Vancouver and Toronto area markets knocks $104,000 off the national average price of a home. Don Kelly, the Canadian Press, Toronto. To break down the July numbers is my co-host and our real estate expert, Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. All right, give it to us straight. Is it as bad as it sounds? It's, it's bad out there, Tina, but it's not as bad as it sounds. And sure, there has been an adjustment and we are seeing a slide in prices over their peaks. And, and by that, everyone is comparing the peak of the market in the month of February and they're comparing it to July numbers. So if you're going to take a segment of the market and compare it to another segment, you could go either way with this. You could pick a down month and compare it to July and say July is up. But what we have to look at is the bigger picture. And when you look at the bigger picture as to what's happening in 2022 right now and compare that to, say, 2021 or 2020, that's when you're going to get the real picture. Okay, so let's take a look at some of the specific numbers. Canada's housing market continued to cool in July, we've said that, with the average home price clocking in at 629971 a figure that drops by another 104000 when excluding the Greater Toronto Area and Vancouver markets as compared to June's average price of 665850 So what have you got to say to that? As the summer goes on, July and August are usually a, a little bit quieter and also the average price does drop. And you could look at that year over year and every year you're going to start to see July and August have lower average prices. So that's not a surprise. The the $104,000, that's a shocking number. But when you remove Toronto and Vancouver out of that picture, it is going to skew the results. The 905s, the 519s, the outlaying areas do get affected a lot quicker than the city cores like Toronto and Vancouver do. They usually hold pretty strong. So once you put those numbers back into it, it's not as bad. So let's talk about the numbers right here in York Region. What can you tell us about those areas? York Region, we have different pockets that are holding strong. So like Markham, Richmond Hill, the the detached segment is a little bit down, but you've got other areas that are picking that value up. Now, when you're looking at average price, the other thing to remember, Tina, is... 
With the higher interest rates, people are approved for less amounts. And when you're approved for less than what you want to buy, you end up settling for something a little bit smaller. So instead of a detached home, they may be buying a semi. Instead of a townhouse, they may be buying a condo. And those prices on average are lower than uh, what you would pay for a larger detached home. Like in 2020 and 2021, everyone was moving to a larger detached home with property. Now you don't have that as much. Now you've got people settling into what they've been qualified for, and that average price does drop. And is that specifically affecting areas like King, where the luxury home was the property of choice earlier this year? A hundred percent. And, you know, you look at the drops in King, and it's an average price drop, but mm-hmm. it's also because people aren't qualifying for the three, four, five million dollar properties right now, or they're a little bit hesitant to make that jump into those properties. And that's why you're seeing such a, a deep decline in King. And what are you seeing in terms of the condo market in York Region? The condo market continues to be strong, not only for sales, but also rentals. And and when you look at the rentals and the price people are paying for rent these days because of the shortage of rental inventory, this is where people start to make that shift to say, if I'm going to be paying $3,500 or $4,000 for a rental on a detached property, Maybe it's time for me to consider buying. And this is where you're going to get that shift. There's been a flurry of activity over the last couple of weeks. And I think that's what's playing on people's mindset is if we want to take a year or two out of the market and rent, how much is that going to cost us? What's the opportunity cost? And now you're starting to see this little flurry of activity before the end of the summer in order for people to get back into that housing market. Okay, our first guest will help us break down the state of the market as well. That's right, Tina. And joining us is Rich Vieira from Remax Enterprises. Rich, welcome to On the Market. Thank you, Asset. Nice to be here. Rich, there's certainly been a lot of talk about the real estate industry and the potential declining average price and sales volume. And you've been in this industry for a long time, 34 years. And Christopher Alexander, president of Remax Canada, said something that was really intriguing the other day. And he said 91 percent of the agents that are active right now have not sold in a market where days on market have exceeded 45 days or the interest rate has exceeded 4%. Now, you've been around long enough to work in those markets. Tell us what you're seeing out there. Yeah, you know, it's certainly different. It's going back to old school, I think, you know, Asif. I think um, as far as the market goes, a little bit of a correction for sure and probably a bit of a cooling down, which was necessary, you know, Quite honestly, the last year and a half, you could put a jacket on a monkey and he could have sold three or four (laughs) homes in the market that we were in, you know. Now it's time to get back to reality. And really, this is where the professionals will will shine. You know, it's, it's simple communication. You need to communicate with your buyers and sellers, basically, and just advise them accordingly. And you're right, most people haven't seen this where, you know, I had an agent in my office ask, well, you know, I've been on the market for 23 days. What should I do? I would go back to the seller and talk to them, show them what you've done, and then probably correct the price because that's what the buyers are waiting for. And what are you hearing from buyers and sellers out there right now? Well, there's a lot lot of apprehension. For the buyers, they think that this is the start of the collapse of the market, which isn't true at all. And for many of the sellers, you know, they're disappointed because a lot of them, 
many people that are selling their homes feel that their homes show best in the summertime. So they would have missed the market because lots of people put their homes on the market, you know, June, July, August, expecting them to sell at record time then, whereas the market was really moving quite briskly January, February, March. And uh, at this point in the game, you know, the market's changed now to the point where, yeah, your neighbor may have gotten a million four in February, and now you're going to get maybe just a million dollars. But it's still more than you would have gotten last year. Exactly. And that's what we have to compare it to. And we were just talking about the, the numbers and how you can't just take a random month of the calendar year and say that we're down from that month, uh, you know, four or five, six months later. If you're looking at real estate, it's a longer term projection or, or even, you know, to calculate the values of properties. If you look at 2021, we're still up. Oh, yeah. You know, I hope you don't mind me using a number from my market here in Mississauga Asset, but for example, and I'm just going to use a July statistic. Right now, the average year-over-year sale price in my market is 1068 Last year, at this exact same time, it was 963 So you're still getting $100,000 more this year than you would have gotten last year. So it's not the end or the end of the market. You, you know, things have just changed slightly, and it may be a little bit of a slowing down temporarily. But, you know, there's still uh, great homes out there, and this is a great opportunity for both buyers and sellers. Before, you know, the sellers would go out and buy something and not even worry about what they were going to sell their home for. Now everyone has to be a little more conscientious. You take a little more time, you look around, you see what's out there for you, you purchase. You can purchase if you want first and then sell your home, which a lot of people don't like to do in this market. Many like to sell first and see what they're left with because they don't know how long it's going to take to sell their home, right? Mm-hmm. And have you run into buyers suffering from remorse? I have not run into buyers in that situation yet because, you know, homes, it, it's not like a mutual fund. You know, you can't live in your mutual fund, but you can live in your home. And once you're in your home, you're going to do things to, you know, put your own fingerprints on it. You're going to change things. You're going to update it. I don't, I haven't run into anybody that's, oh, you know, I, I paid too much for my home. Everyone's quite happy to have a home. I mean, it takes so much and you jump through so many hoops to get the home. <laughs> you can't be sad when you've finally gotten one. And just because it's down a little bit now doesn't mean it's down forever. It's down temporarily. It will go back up and probably even more. And just with that uh, said, Rich, that, that was a great point. When we're talking about markets and how crazy it was over the last two years for realtors working out there and representing buyers, we were losing out offer after offer because there was 30, 40, 50 bids on these homes. And now you can actually go in and you may be the only offer. You may be up against one or two offers, but you can get conditions in there, home inspections, financing, and the buyer has so much more peace of mind. Is that not true? I am so happy with this, and what you're talking about there is the absolute truth. To be honest with the market before, you know, I'm going to use one of my buyers. We started last May, and I'm talking about May 2021. We didn't get a home until October 2021. We put in 14 offers. We were blown out all over the place. This market is more of a normalization. 
So you've got the time to look around. And as you've mentioned, you know, I felt very apprehensive about going into some of these places and not being able to put a condition in to protect my buyer. You know, no inspection, no financing. Oh, my gosh, like these things are critical to the buyer and sometimes the bank as well, right? They want to know that you've done your due diligence on the house and that, you know, the place isn't going to fall apart once you've got it. So this market is really kind of a normalization and getting back to the basics and allowing the purchasers, the buyers, time to really experience and enjoy the home buying experience. Richard, can we ask you, are your clients waiting to sell before they buy these days? Yes, a lot of clients are waiting to buy um, to buy after they've sold. I have two right now where they're not going anywhere until they've sold. And quite honestly, in one case, we've been on the market for 12 days and the other 18 days. And as I've advised both of them, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. And I priced them where I felt the market was fair. And, you know, at the end of 30 days, if we haven't sold, we're going to have to look at another price adjustment. You know, we're not panicking in the market, but sometimes, you know, you need a little motivation for the buyer. And if we've missed the price or the market has moved a little lower, you got to cut to the bone before, you know, you can't go down 5,000 at a time because you'll chase the market right down to the bottom and never sell. You have to cut it and get there, get at the right price, and then the buyers will come. Buyers know when there's an opportunity there and they see it. That's true, Rich. And, and, you know, on the heels of another rate increase, everyone's expecting it to go up maybe 0.5, maybe 0.75%. How is the temperature out there with buyers and sellers based on the upcoming rate increase? Yeah, you know, that's a very good point. The rates are still incredibly low, and I hope you don't mind me saying that. Like even if, you know, it does go up half a point, I'm expecting three quarters and I wouldn't be surprised to see one full percentage because they are trying to cool things down. But, you know, with this, it's an affordability thing. And even though it does go up the interest rate, you know, prices are coming down a little bit, which will help offset it. Not a tremendous amount, but it will help offset both buyers and sellers. And if you're a seller moving up, this is a beautiful opportunity for you because you're going to sell your place and you'll be able to get a much better price um, property at a lower price. Same thing for the buyers, you know? Great information, Rich. And if people want to connect with you for Peel Region Properties, how can they get a hold of you? Oh, my email is super easy, Asif. It's rich at richv.com. That's rich at richv as in victor.com. And my number uh, 905-855-2200, and I'm available anytime. That's awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Rich. My pleasure, Asif. Thank you so much for having me. After the break, new homes coming to Stouffville. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez, and our real estate expert is Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties. And Asif, you have today's guest. I do, Tina. Thank you. Joining us is Paul Chang. 
MP for Markham Unionville and Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Housing, Diversity and Inclusion. MP Chang, welcome to On the Market. Thank you, Austin. Now, there's a new project coming to Stouffville, and uh, we'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about what's happening there. Thank you so much, Austin. Uh, I'm honored uh, to be able to participate in the media release, the joint conference we did last Friday in regards to this uh, joint investment uh, of uh, $11 million towards the fabrication of a building that will serve families, seniors, and those living alone. And MP Chang, why this joint investment in this particular area? And we're talking about Stouffville, is that correct? That's right. So uh, there's a need for affordable housing throughout Canada. And uh, Stouffville, this location that was selected, this is a three-prong uh, thing where federal, provincial, and the local municipalities are partnered together. And the location is right at uh, Main Street and Sandy Port there, where it's close to restaurants and shops and public transit. So it's very good in terms of location for seniors. And we want to build these affordable housing across Canada so that we can serve communities all across this country. And when we're talking about affordable housing, I mean, this is a really centrally located project because you're going to be able to serve people even from the Markham Unionville area, of course, Stouffville, but surrounding areas like uh, maybe even pull from Uxbridge and Richmond Hill. Tell us about the choice of the location itself. Well, the location is is good in the sense it's very central in in Stouffville itself. Uh, But there are projects uh, across Canada at different different sites. Uh, Our government has a national housing strategy, which is a 10-year plan backed by more than $72 billion in investments. So this is a a 10-year plan to build housing, affordable housing across the country. So with this Stouffville one, it's $11 million investment, which will have a range of one, two, and three-bedroom units, and will have levels of affordability that will serve a wide range of people, including those on limited fixed incomes. And when will residents actually be able to move in? So the, we have already started the shovel. The shovel's already been in the ground, and the project, project uh, is expected to be completed by spring of 2024, maybe the substantial completion by that time. And how was the reception from uh, Stouffville residents and, and community members welcoming this type of project into their community? They are very, very welcoming because uh, it, it's, it's a much-needed uh, project for the area. The, the building will have 97 units and which will have 50 units, which will be affordable units uh, out of the 97. And you're the MP for Markham Unionville. What are you hearing from your constituents regarding affordable housing? As you know, house, housing prices have uh, skyrocketed in the last few years, and uh, homes in, in my riding is quite expensive because of the demographic there, and uh, there are a lot of need. There is a lot of need for affordable housing, even in my riding, because the young people, you know, they, they are looking at the home price and ask, can they really afford these homes? So that is something, as a government, we're working to uh, hopefully have affordable housing across Canada. 
And also, this is going to play a huge role in having people move to Stouffville for employment because the, the biggest knock we hear is there's no affordable housing for me to go and get a job in Stouffville or Markham Unionville. How will that play a role in the housing market or so the job market in the writing as well? It, it is a great uh, win-win for everyone because, uh, you know, for people to be able to get a job there and also to have a home for themselves, it's a win-win for everyone. And I'm, I'm sure that uh, in future that will be a, a much more demand for those kind of homes across uh, York Region and across Ontario. Can you share with us, how did the various levels of government come together? How did they come to work together on this particular project? Governments have to work together in terms of serving the community. So the federal government, the provincial government, and the local municipal government, because the municipal government is the one that will be uh, doing the building permits and, and working with the developer and the, and the builder, while the federal and the provincial government looked at the funding uh, portion of it. And yet the federal government is not hands-on when it comes to these uh, buildings. We only look at the funding portion of it, and, and that's how we need to work with all levels of government to ensure that projects are taking, are taking place and getting off the ground. And MP Chang, is there going to be an allocation for certain types of uh, people that will be occupying these residences? Is there uh, an allocation for the number of seniors, the number of uh, families, the number of individuals that would be moving in, or is it first come, first serve? It will be first come, first serve, I believe. And uh, there, there will be 50 affordable units uh, in in uh, out of the 97, so they will be looking at criteria, and that is something that the province and, and the municipality will work on that component of it. You mentioned that this is part of the federal government's 10-year housing strategy. Can you share with us what else is included in this plan? The national housing strategy, which is a 10-year plan, and it entails $72 billion in investment. So we are looking at working with provinces and municipalities across the country. And we have to work in partnership with all three levels to ensure that each project takes off and we are doing the investment in terms of financial investment part. So it, 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 it all depends on the province and the municipality, what they bring to the table and the proposal they have to the federal government, and then we will invest the, the money and work together with each province and municipalities at that point. So everything is different. Every every project is different and every location is different because the needs across the country are different. And it certainly is a, an exciting project for York Region Stouffville in particular. Do you feel that these projects will become the norm in order to satisfy our supply shortage and get everyone into a place they call home for themselves? Yes, it is an exciting project for us. Uh, because uh, in the past, we were not so aggressive in terms of housing, and there is a, a dire need for affordable housing in our country. And as a federal government, we have taken that step to ensure that we are ahead of the curve, and we want to build affordable housing for all Canadians. Before we let you go, MP, will, will the process to build uh, be a little bit smoother now or, or be sped up in order to accommodate these projects and even more developments in the future? Yes. Uh, we are looking at different different ways of uh, uh, 
expediting construction. The main uh, issue sometimes, or main hurdle sometimes, is the municipality in terms of building permit, uh, the building inspectors to come and inspect the property and, and to get the projects rolling. So once we work, we are working with municipalities that are expediting it, and as long as the municipality expedites their part of the requirement, we will be aggressive in getting these projects initiated and completed. MP Chang, thank you so much for your time. Before we uh, wrap this up, what is the main message you'd like to send to our listeners about these projects? The main message is our government and your government is working hard to ensure all Canadians that need affordable housing have a place to call home and a roof over their head. And, and we're also looking at opening the economy since this pandemic, opening the economy so that people have jobs and we are looking at getting immigrants into the country so that we can fill the job vacancy that we are so dire in need of filling. So I'm, I'm very, very happy that I'm able to speak to you, Asif, and with you, Tina, today to ensure that our community is aware of what the federal government is doing for them. Thank you so much for joining us for On the Market, and we look forward to getting updates from you in the future as well. Thank you so much, Asif. You can call me anytime. That's terrific. Thanks so much for your time. When we come back, we take your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. Kara from Markham wants to know the rules surrounding a rent increase of her condo investment property. Asif? That's a great question, and it's one that we're being faced with a lot recently because of the recent escalation in what people are having to pay for rentals, especially in the area. And the landlord-tenant board actually sets out rent increases, and for this year, it's 1.2%. So you can increase the rent by 1.2%. They will set it again uh, every year, and that is the guideline for what you can increase the rent. Now, there there is one caveat to that. The only thing is... If a property has been built after 2018, then you do have a window where you can increase the rent. So if anything has been built after 2018, that's where uh, you can increase the rent a lot more than the 1.2% if you need to. Now, uh, we always tell our clients, if you have a really good tenant, that's been great, that doesn't give you any problems, and is paying on time, you may not want to rock the boat by having a, a large rent increase, even if you uh, live in or have one of these 2018 or later properties. You may want to just uh, have a chat with them, see what's comfortable for them, because you don't want to lose those tenants. Uh, right now, there's a lot of tenants looking out there, and you do have your choice. And it's a pretty rough place out there for people looking for places to rent. And the rental market is as competitive as the buyer and seller's market for home properties or housing properties was a while ago, isn't it? It really is. It's almost harder to get a property for rent right Mm -hmm. now than it is to get a mortgage. All right. So Lucas from King is feeling buyer's remorse. Did he pay too much for his luxury home earlier this year? 
Asif, any words of advice? Real estate is something that, you know, you pay for the value that you're receiving. And if that house was your dream home and that's where you wanted to live, then in a year or two years or three years, you're not even going to think about what you paid for it because over time, real estate will appreciate where it's not a commodity that goes down. It, it doesn't depreciate. It always appreciates and it's over time. So nobody looks at real estate prices month over month or, uh, you know, every six months and says, oh, you know, I made a mistake or I made a killing. You're going to be looking at these properties. And if you're in the right home, your dream home, and you want to live there for 10, 15, 20 years in 10, 15 or 20 years, it's going to be an insignificant amount of money that you feel you've overpaid, but you really haven't. And buyer's remorse is kind of a natural, normal feeling, isn't it? It really is. We always tell buyers, you know, you're going to have this feeling because people are going to start telling you the day after you buy it, oh, I would have I would have paid less than that or I could have got that house for this much. And it's the same thing with seller's remorse because as soon as a seller sells a home and goes to work and tells their friends that they sold a home, they're going to say, oh, I would have paid you more for that. So it's, uh, it's on both sides and it does happen and it's totally normal. As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? Tina, they can always reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.